Hello, listeners. You are tuning into movie, movie. film. Film. It's our new thing. Yeah. Uh, let us know how you like it because we have a Twitter now. We have a Twitter and we have a email. Oh uh, yeah, email us. Hit yes. Us up yes. On AOL. Mm, on AOL. <laughs> on Gmail. It's moviefilmpod at gmail.com. And what's our Twitter handle? It is movie movie film film. That's at movie movie film film. Correct. Hi everyone, Nate here from the future. It's actually incorrect. Our Twitter is at movie film pod. Back to the show. In case you were wondering, I'm Nate and I'm not talking about Fight Club. And I'm Terrell and I killed Liz. I killed the teen dream. Deal with it. Hmm. Hmm. I, I don't actually know your... You, you don't know it? No. Ah, uh, yeah, it's uh, Jawbreakers. Uh, yes, and I have not seen Jawbreakers. Oh, uh, we gotta get you to watch Jawbreaker. Yeah. yeah. Mine was Fight Club. Fight Club. Ooh, ooh, you don't talk about Fight Club. That's what the joke was. <laughs> you got any movie, movie news news today? Yes, yes, we do. It has just been announced that Yahya Abdul-Mateen II formerly known as the Black Manatee from Aquaman, has been cast as the new Candyman. Wait, he's a manatee in Aquaman? Black Manta. Is Manta a manatee? Yeah. So I should see that movie. Yeah. That's like the villain? Yeah, he's the villain. Is a manatee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's... Is Is he a humanoid, or... Does he look like a manatee? No, he's he's human. Damn. He just has an outfit on, and he's black manta. Might not see it now. Wow. He's great in the movie, but though. But yeah, he's, he's going to be Candyman. He's going to be Candyman, which is awesome. Jordan Pill is producing, and Nia DaCosta is directing. Well, which um, I don't know much about her, but awesome. I don't know much about him. I actually just looked it up. I haven't seen anything that he's been in. I didn't see the Baywatch reboot. I didn't see uh, Boundaries, an indie movie with Donald Sutherland and Vera Farmiga. I didn't see... Yeah, he was in The Get Down on Netflix. Yeah, I haven't watched The Get Down either. Not a fan of Baz Luhrmann at all. (laughs) Um, But I saw he's going to be in HBO's Watchmen series. Yeah. He's going to be in Jordan Peele's Us. Nice. Wait, he's going to be in Us? He's in Us. Oh, I didn't realize that. He's in all of Us. No. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be in and he's going to be in Watchmen, which is awesome, because Regina so King is also I'm, part of that. Now I'm going gonna, gonna to be uh, indoctrinated. Yeah, into some Abdul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm very looking forward to Candyman. So. I, there's another movie I haven't seen. We gotta get you to. Uh, we got some movies to watch. We'll do a Candyman. We got some some films to, mo- to before watch before Candyman hits the silver screen. Yeah, we got time. Yeah. Speaking of silver screen, I went to the movies today. Ooh, what did you see? I went to the IMAX 3D screening of Alita: Battle Angel. <laughs> <laughs> What a spectacle. It was, was it? Okay, so I spent $20 for the ticket Ooh. because it's IMAX and 3D mm-hmm. and 2019 inflation. Right. So even if it was bad, I was going to make sure I enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not spending $20 and not going to enjoy myself. Luckily, I didn't have to try that much because what a blast. Awesome. Um, awesome. If there's, I don't 
normally I don't normally show out the money for IMAX or 3D. Mm-hmm. And if there's any filmmaker that's going to get me there, it's Robert Rodriguez. I love and Robert Rodriguez. If there's anyone that's going to be funding Robert Rodriguez's crazy direction for IMAX 3D, I'm glad it's James Cameron yeah. because I think he gave Robert Rodriguez some of his tips, some of his VFX team from Avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, a little battle Angel, Angel got me kind of hyped for a- Avatar sequels. Ooh, is the technology yeah. that good? Because I, I I heard James Cameron was originally going to direct it, but right. then because of Avatar, he stepped back, and then they yeah. found Robert. Yes. So, I mean, they waited for the technology. It looks great. It looks great? See, I, have, I had the opportunity to go see um, Alita, but they were only showing it in 3D, and I was just like, I actually don't care for 3d like i don't want to see it in 3d 3d is mostly bad i agree i've enjoyed it before james cameron's avatar that was i mean my favorite time watching avatar was the first Mm -hmm. time i saw it in 3d in theaters i'm not sure how much rewatchability there is in alita battle angel maybe Mm -hmm. i'll show some friends i don't know how it'll be Mm -hmm. at home though it's really an experience Mm -hmm. the sound system in the theater was crazy and uh, I could just hear every hit. The fight scenes were so good. Um, How was Mahershala? Mahershala. Uh, Two-time Oscar winner Mahershala Ali. He can't give a bad performance. Okay. He's just so good and captivating. And he gets to do a fun thing where... Well, I don't want to spoil okay. anything. Yeah, yeah, he gets yeah. to show his range. I'm, I'm going I'm um, to go see it. I'm going to go see all it. The, all the actors are so good. We got Christoph Fault. We got... Uh, Mahershala Ali, two great mm-hmm. supporting actor Oscar winners right mm-hmm. there. Christoph, by the way, playing a, yet another doctor who is also a bounty hunter. Oh, he's a bounty hunter. See, I didn't know that. You so, didn't spoil it already. Oh, well, now there's no need to see it. Now there's that you no know that need. one plot point that wow. was revealed about 15 minutes. <laughs> How dare movie. you? Jennifer Connelly's in it. Um... I won't say another big name that's in it who pops up right at the end to tease a sequel that, honestly, I hope we get. Me too. I There's mean, it looks like... in it that specifically got me pumped for Avatar, mm-hmm. where uh, Alita goes underwater. Mm-hmm. And I know that James Cameron has said that for the sequels, he wants to focus on Pandora's underwater s- landscape, mm-hmm. oceanscape, seascape. I don't know. <laughs> but... Uh, it looked so cool in the 3D, and uh, just the, for some reason, the being underwater made the tricks that modern 3D does with the, your depth of field. It just makes it more believable. Because mm-hmm. um, you can't do a realistic movie with 3D, it just looks insane. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of looks like cardboard cutouts sometimes. But uh, Robert Rodriguez makes it work. He killed Sin City with his own. Uh, studio down in austin but now mm. he's got the big mm. hollywood money and i love it you know the last movie i saw in 3d and i actually enjoyed it mm-hmm. was guardian guardians of the galaxy okay the first one i saw it in like 3d imax and it was it was amazing but it yeah, didn't change my Groot, mind like that that scene where Groot's like limb extends and like stabs like five henchmen yeah that, did that like pop out at you yeah it popped out did you go like oh watch out <laughs> no i didn't do all that but <laughs> it, it was very good but it didn't change my mind on 3d hmm. i i uh think it's a nice touch when used responsibly and sparingly and 
I believe Alita Battle Angel was filmed for with the 3D. intent of seeing it in 3D. Mm-hmm. I don't have a citation on that, but it's James Cameron. He wrote the script, co-wrote the script. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Rodriguez. Okay, so there's this uh, character. I don't know the name of the actor, mm-hmm. but it's essentially the male romantic uh, lead. Or not lead, the romantic interest. Hugo? His character name? Yeah. Keenan Johnson, the okay. actor. He just looks like Antonio Banderas in the Desperado movies and mm-hmm. also just Robert Rodriguez in any behind-the-scenes pictures or footage I've seen of Robert Rodriguez, how he dresses and carries himself. <laughs> I just love that he found just another young uh, mini version of him. All right. So you went to the movies to go see Alita, yes. and I went to the movies and avoided Alita and went to go see The Favorite instead. Another great movie. Another great well, movie. Actually, a, a great film. Film, film, movie. I was late to the party, but even though I was late when I went into the movie theater, there were still a lot of people in there, which it just showed how good this movie is because it was really good. I, I won't say I was surprised because I'm a big fan of um, Yorgos, mm-hmm. but this was really good. Yeah. This was really entertaining. This was really funny. I'm glad Olivia Coleman. I know we said we weren't going to really yeah, 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 touch yeah, 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 on yeah. the Oscars now that it's over in the rear view. We don't want to talk about it. But I am kind of glad. No, that's Olivia. okay. The thing is, I like the Oscars when people I like win, and I, I don't like them when... I did, by the way, watch the Green Book. I said last week I hadn't watched it. I, I went back and watched it. There were parts of it I liked. The whole thing shouldn't exist. That's a <laughs> big piece of it that I didn't like. The movie just shouldn't exist, and it shouldn't exist as that's, Best Picture. That's winner. the big consensus. It's just like, this movie should not win, or no. it's just not that great. Yeah, well, like, it, it shouldn't have been made. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was. But back to the favorite. Um, yes. Olivia Coleman. I mean, she deserved that one. I was very so surprised. Funny, I love a good surprise. Though. I love a good surprise yeah. at an award show because she only won the BAFTA. Mm-hmm. And Glenn, Glenn Close was winning everything else. Yes. And then she got the Oscar. I was just like, yes. This is because I just saw the movie. She was hilarious. She was like, this, like this monster in this movie like this big baby also i think she they they humanize her too towards i guess the second third of the movie Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know if the structure of the movie is three acts i forget more than that actually yeah uh but towards the midpoint of the movie let's say she gets i i I guess i shouldn't spoil it but she gets to show a human side beyond just the cartoonish uh almost toddler tem- yeah temper, bumbling temper queen yeah, yeah. Narcissist. that really has no idea what's going on no yeah and she'd prefer it that way yeah emma stone surprises me every time i think she's getting better and better and better yeah, yeah. we were talking about doing super bad for an episode of this and i was yeah. curious to watch that after having seen the favorite to really uh get a sense of her growth because I don't imagine yeah, what she's a great in that amazing well, career like from yeah. super bad to the favorite you know is that where, and that's where it ends that's where it ends that's it no more for her no she's uh she's got a big future yeah well uh should should we get into today's movie I guess we we haven't said it but you saw the title of the episode so you yeah. know that is going to be the silence, silence of, of the, the lambs. lambs yeah 
1991, mm-hmm. based on the novel by Thomas Harris, mm-hmm. directed by Jonathan Demme. We just talked about the Oscars from 2019, but the Oscars in... Uh, 1992? I guess, I guess 1992, awarded yeah. the movies of 91. Mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs took home Everything. Best Director, mm-hmm. Best Actor best. for Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. Best Actress mm-hmm. for Jodie Foster... Best screenplay for I forget who wrote the screenplay mm-hmm. and best picture. Picture. Yes, that's, that's amazing. The big five. Not many films do that. Yeah. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Did it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some old movie I haven't seen or heard of. Done it has done it too, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah, especially for a thriller, yes. almost horror movie. A thriller with with horror elements yes yeah it's, it's very rare yeah it's a subversive movie yeah and i'm surprised that it received the critical praise that the it critical did praise i understand like the universal. mainstream praise i know the book was very popular uh like a beach read everyone was taking it reading it mm-hmm. they were excited for the movie to come out mm-hmm. it came out everyone saw it Huge hit. Is, do you know if this is the only book? No, it's a it's a whole series. It's a whole series, uh, and, this and was... in fact, there was a movie beforehand. I think uh, Manhunter. Mm-hmm. It's Michael Mann's book, or adaptation of one of the books in the series. It focuses on uh, Will Graham, who wasn't. I'm getting <laughs> getting into the Hannibal lore, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a whole series, and there's a number of films. This is, it's my understanding, this is the best one. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's the only one I've seen, though I'm a big fanable. That's fans of Hannibal, the TV Fan- series. Fanable. Which does focus on Will Graham and a very young, very sexy <laughs> Hannibal. Yeah. Should have done that closer to the mic. I don't yeah. know if they got it. Um, They'll get it. So the movie starts with these opening credits of uh, Clarice running through the woods. Cl- Clarice, what a good name. Clarice Starling, mm-hmm. and they call her Starling a lot, and I like that as a name for like an up and coming FBI trainee. Because it has the word star in it. Kind of, yeah. yeah. She's a rising star. But also because it has the word Ling in it. Yeah. <laughs> or the the syllable Ling. Link. So she's uh, running through the woods. It, it just jumps you right into the action, even though it's a training exercise. Mm-hmm. She did all her own stunts. Climbing over that net. Um, <laughs> even though it's a training exercise, there's still a thrill in it. Mm-hmm. Score comes. Then right away, she's sent to Jack Crawford's office. Mm-hmm. He gives her the mission. Yeah, to go see Hannibal. It's the first scene after the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Here's what you got to do. Go, go to the Baltimore uh, psychiatric, whatever, the <laughs> jail for... The criminally insane. Criminally insane, right? yes. Uh, go talk to Hannibal. We got to get some info on uh, this Buffalo Bill situation. Mm-hmm. And one thing I love about this movie is it wastes no time. It yeah. throws us right into the action. Mm-hmm. Getting straight into Hannibal, I yeah. mean, what what a character. Right? What yeah, are, like... uh, one of the greatest movie villains and villain performances by Anthony Hopkins yeah. of all time. They just they they 
build the suspense of her going into the jail, them telling her, like, look, the last person that came here got chewed up, literally. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Do not cross the line. And she steps into the hallway, and she just sees the chair there and just hears yelling. She has to walk down. It's, It's like... And the camera just good puts building. you, it's the POV point of view camera, you follow Clarice down the hallway as if mm-hmm. you're her, occasionally turning to look at the cells, because of, of course Hannibal Lecter's in the last cell, you mm-hmm. gotta walk past everyone first. Yep. Including Migs. Migs, yeah, that guy, that guy. Yeah, he uh, can smell something that I'm not gonna repeat. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll see you next Tuesday and tell you about it. <laughs> that that's that was it. Uh, and rest uh, in peace to Mix. Rest in peace to Mix. <laughs> yeah, he he got it for flinging his uh his uh seed. His seed onto her. With I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, it's um horrifying. Yeah, I mean, it's horror. Yeah. Yeah. And that's only after the very tense uh, first encounter between Clarice and Lecter. Dr. Lecter. Yeah. Dr. Lecter. This is something I love about Hannibal and the character. Mm -hmm. Is that he's so cultured. Mm -hmm. Yes, he eats humans. Mm -hmm. Yes, he can keep his heart rate below, what, like 81? I forget what the number was. Super calm when he's murdering people. But he loves art. Mm Mm-hmm. He's got his PhD. Mm-hmm. He's he knows Europe. He can recognize pe- where people are from just hearing their accents in two seconds. He's mm-hmm. so intelligent. Yeah, and, and yet so savage. Yeah, I mean, right away he has the power. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like and that's she, really what I think the movie's about is power. Yeah. Um, she only throughout the whole movie she only figures out everything because he wants her to yeah she's playing into his game well first the only reason she's there is because she's playing into jack crawford's game Mm -hmm. who's sending this trainee to go speak to this hannibal lecter who don't tell him anything about you or else you don't want him in your mind right he's he's just serving up this pawn essentially in Mm -hmm. starling uh by sending her to dr to Dr. Lecter, really yeah, setting feeding her, her up. to the wolves. Yeah, he doesn't have anything to lose. Either yeah. he gets something out or he tried. Yeah. Um, but I think she's being used for her femininity. Yeah, I think that's a big thing in the movie that, that pops up is like, yes. she's a woman. Yeah. She's a girl. And it's just a bunch of men. Yeah, and this isn't a movie that casts a woman in a role that whose traits are ter- stereotypically masculine and then it doesn't ask any questions about it. This is just the character. This is a movie that really investigates what does it mean to be a, a woman in a male-dominated yeah. industry or academy agency. Yeah, but it does it in a very subtle way. Like, it doesn't yes. say it. It sh- just shows it the way people... Shows Clarice walking down the hallway. Mm -hmm. She gets in the elevator and she's the only woman. Mm -hmm. Or like later on at the funeral. Yeah. Where she's just surrounded by a bunch of male cops and they're all looking at her. Another time where Jack Crawford kind of uses her where he says uh, to the sheriff, uh, let's not discuss this in front of... And then he like gestures towards Clarice. Right. 
then so they go in private to talk and that was his tactic to get more information right. but then clarice kind of calls him out for it yeah I like it I yeah love she it. calls him out she she stands her ground she says, uh, she's not passive but she you know she she's says smart. they see how you treat me and they follow yeah so they follow your lead yeah and um yeah i think that's i think it's awesome i love mm -hmm. uh when clarice is just walking down the hallway and you just see men turning back to look at her mm -hmm. and she's so short too yeah how tall is Jody? Like five, five. I could guess, or I could know. look it up, but <laughs> I'm not sure what we would get out of. Yeah, that but you don't have to. <laughs> She's definitely shorter than seven feet tall. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> Somewhere in between three feet and seven feet, you can find Jody Foster. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. One thing I wrote down. Actually, the first thing I wrote down, because it relates somehow to what we were discussing last week in Hitch, mm. the same screenwriting uh, mechanism, I suppose, uh, where a character just like, after only seeing someone for like less than a minute, just verbally and completely sizes them up. Mm -hmm. Hitch does this. <laughs> yes, we're talking about Hitch. Hitch, Hitch talking about Hitch. We're bringing it coming full oh, circle. Alex Hitch Hitchens does it when he first meets uh, Sarah Malis, is her last name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've since looked it up <laughs> to remember. Uh, he does it when he's like, this is what you're all about. Hannibal Lecter does it to Clarice mm -hmm. when he says, you know what, with your cheap bags and shoes, you look like a rube. And then he goes on to identify her accent and says she's not too, she's not more than a generation away from poverty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he was just like reading her. Yeah. Very well. Also, one bit of trivia what, in that scene where he kind of mocks her accent. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Anthony Hopkins did that without Jodie Foster knowing he was going to do that. And so, so says I'm DP Trivia that that's the shot we get of. Jodie Foster's real, sh genuine shock. Like, oh. Because she took it as a personal offense that Anthony Hopkins was mimicking her. her. Yeah. Okay. Which, Interesting. you're an actor. How do you feel about those kinds of, like, manipulative acting kind of games or attacks? I feel like it happens to women a lot. Hmm. Usually the director, like, withholding information or terrorizing... I'm thinking of Stanley Kubrick on set of The Shining with Shelley Duvall. He, like, really got in her head, and he said it was for the performance. Like, why can't you hire actresses and trust these mm -hmm. women to give great performances? Right. I don't know if it's, like, an attack, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's an attack, though, on the actress. Mm. Not it in the case, be. not on the case of Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Yeah. Well, she took it as, she took, did take offense to it. Right. To right. It's like when, when, when you're, when you're having a performance and you have a scene partner, sometimes things happen that are unexpected mm -hmm. and you just have to to roll with it right. so if they this is my this is my prediction that he did that on the first take mm -hmm. and she was shocked by it 
Mm-hmm. I doubt we're seeing the first take, though. I bet he did it in the second take and the third take. He did it, and they found that, and they said, mm-hmm. this is good. Let's keep doing that. Well, yeah, he could have kept That's doing it, but they could have they could have kept her first reaction shot. Sure. But they could have done it over with him as well. Yeah. So. How many takes do you think Anthony Hopkins needed? Not many. I'm pretty so sure he's masterful. so yeah. I'm pretty sure he's just a professional, and he's just like he wasn't I, the biggest. He wasn't like a big name then, before this, which is interesting. Yeah, I don't know his 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 movie history. This was at his all. big break. Yeah, he had done some TV work and a couple of movies, but well, he got his big break as an older Anthony Hopkins yet, gentleman. You know? okay. Certainly wasn't Sir Anthony Hopkins yet. Okay. If you catch my drift, I my drift is that drift. he was knighted after filming *The Silence <laughs> of the Lambs*. It was this movie that did it. The Queen saw it and it was just like, "Wow, <laughs> 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 that Hannibal!" <laughs> Invite him to dinner. So, Hannibal Lecter, Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter wins Best Actor, having about twenty-five minutes or under of screen time. Mm-hmm. Mahershala Ali <laughs> wins Best Supporting Actor <laughs> mm-hmm. last year, and also in Moonlight for having much less time. Mm-hmm. Is is uh, Hannibal Lecter a lead in this movie? Because I don't think so. No. But I think that his performance is so compelling. Yes. That it draws most of your attention. Yeah, and when you then talk you're about you're this looking movie, you talk about Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, you're looking you forward don't talk to the about next Buffalo time. Bill that much. Yeah, you're looking forward to the next will, time you're going to see him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I want to see more Hannibal. Mm-hmm. I want to see what he's going to do. I mean, we'll get to it, but it gets pretty he gets pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. We get to see the extent of him and not just talk about it. Yeah. Uh, can I ask what's your uh what was your favorite Hannibal scene? My favorite Hannibal scene? Was it uh, just the back and forth with Jodie Foster? Was it uh, his escape from that one cell? Was it... Uh, uh, the, I'm having a hard end? time picking between the scene where he got Clarice to talk about her past. Mm-hmm. And he was just, like, pulling it from her. He was just right. playing this game of, you give our, me a little, I give you a little. And that's how we get our mention of the titular lambs. Yes. <laughs> um, the crying lambs. Yeah. Um, or the escape scene, because, escape wow. So I and was I just... I the setup to it with the pen much earlier. Mm-hmm. He looks down, he sees the pen. And then mm-hmm. you see that he has the pen later, because... Uh, um, Chilton doesn't have his pen because yeah. Hannibal has it. As that scene was happening, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" With it's the, Hannibal. It's with the Hannibal. Opera music playing, and yeah. he's just calmly just bashing that guard's face, and the blood gets on the stage. Yeah, it just splatters all over dinner, him. By yeah. the way, <laughs> lamb. It had got, to be lamb. He got them to bring him a second dinner, mm-hmm. which brings me to my favorite scene. The reason he got this special treatment that he was able to escape from. I love the scene between him and the senator talk about badass talk about just like iconic just completely playing with her just has everything has her and everyone in the palm of his hand this is um 
the senator's daughter is uh, Buffalo Bill's latest victim. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, we got to talk about Buffalo Bill more. Oh, we'll yeah. get to okay. it. Yeah, we can't we can't uh, champion the feminism of Silence of the Lambs without uh, bashing the, the <laughs> trans misogyny of it. Yeah, and therefore not great feminist film. Then <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah, but his his latest victim is the senator's daughter. Senator wants desperately to find her daughter. Mm-hmm. They know that uh, Doctor Lecter knows the identity of Buffalo Bill, so the senator. Which is really messed up. The senator is able to give this criminal special treatment, mm-hmm. offer him this uh, upgraded jail cell with a view, and get to go to the island once a year. Yeah, too bad for the other victims who uh, parents doesn't have this power. Yeah, right. Yeah. Talk about uh, like a pretty messed up use of your powers that were given to you by the people. Yeah, senator. <laughs> But I, I, I can't be mad. I mean, I would totally do the same thing if oh, it was but just kid. Okay, so they're meet up in the hangar. This is when we get Hannibal on the... Uh, the gurney. The gurney or the dolly or... Yeah, with the, with the mask, the, the iconic, iconic mask. mask that Billy... I, I gotta stop bringing up the Oscars, but <laughs> Billy, Billy Crystal came out. He hosted the mm-hmm. Oscars that year. He came out in the gurney with the mask and his shape. It's jacket. been replicated so many times. Yeah. And after watching that scene, I understand why. And so, because right, like, this was your first time watching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was my first time watching it, and seeing him being rolled out, mm-hmm. surrounded by all those people, he it was just centered on him. He just I don't know. He just had so much power. It's even he can't even being move wrapped his body. up. Yeah. He's, he's in their control physically, mm-hmm. but they're in his control mentally because yeah. he's he has so much power. So much power in that scene. He, he plays with the senator. He's essentially like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you the name, or maybe I'll give you the name. Mm-hmm. And then she starts walking away, and then he's like, then he gives her the name, and then again, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, asks her if she breastfeeded her daughter. Mm-hmm. So messed up. Yeah. She says yes. <laughs> then he asks her. It made mentions, your nipples really hard, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> then he talks about uh, when people lose limbs, they can still feel mm-hmm. the phantom limb. And he asks, I wonder what you'll feel when uh, your daughter is killed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Speaking of really good So scenes. nasty and gross. And then he gives a fake name. Yeah. <laughs> After all that. Yeah. It, Actually, he did that before, too, and it turned out to be a clue. I thought that was the name. Oh, now we're getting messed up. Mm. But I did want to talk about that, because I, I yeah. that's one part that I don't like. That's one part that doesn't hold up for me. What? Is that it's like an anagram mm-hmm. for, like, U-Store. Yeah. It's a storage. Mm-hmm. And that's how Clarice finds that it's a storage. Yeah, yourself. Yourself, that's what it was. Yeah. What? Yeah. How does she get from there to the... I mean, I guess she's a genius, too. Yeah, she's a detective. That's, that's just a weird, petty clue. Yeah. But she finds the jar. Then yeah, she the said jar, it seemed like out of place for him to say that. Right. So she remembered it, which is smart. You know, it just means she's paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. She is a great agent, and she learns through the movie, and I like that mm-hmm. you get the progression. Yeah. She starts out pretty powerful, but mm-hmm. naive, and she's really thrown into this ring. And uh, Yeah. I think that's best exemplified to jump way ahead in the end when she murders uh, Buffalo Bill, Jane, mm-hmm. Jane Gum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to just mention 
but before we get to that, um, the scene where Wait, let me just say my thing. Okay, I'm talking okay. about exemplifying okay. her growth because that's all I want to get to. She he cocks a gun and then she they're in the dark, but he cocks a gun so that right away she turns and gets him. Mm-hmm. And that's mirrored earlier. It's foreshadowed. She's going through a training exercise, but she fails because she didn't check her corner. Mm-hmm. But at the end, she checks. She got it. She shoots. I like it. Right now, before he does. Yes. Okay. So the scene where she figures out that you know what Hannibal has said about um, where do we covet? Where do we start? Mm-hmm. Where do we covet? We start with what we covet. Yeah, we start yeah. with what we covet. And what do we covet? Covet. Things we see every day. Mm-hmm. The scene, I just like the scene, the way it's shot, like the back, the close-up of Clarice and her friend's face, like figuring out, and then like going to um, her house. I don't know. It, it kind of like... Gave me a chill. Mm. Like, just yeah. like, yeah, the realization, like, oh, her body was found third, but she was first, so it's not random. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's so, a good reveal. And I'm yeah. Both, I'm glad you brought up the way it shot, because I do want to talk about those extreme close-ups, mm-hmm. just right in people's faces. Uh, kind of... You know what would be a funny mashup is if you took the visual, some of the visuals from Silence of the Lambs and then put the score from If Beale Street Could Talk on it. Because I feel like Barry Jenkins does those extreme close-ups yeah. also, but it to a much different effect to kind of humanize his subjects right. or really makes you feel the weight of their emotions. Mm-hmm. And just slow case, it down a little? Yeah, I guess yeah, slow it down. Make, make it a minor key or something. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, in Silence of the Lambs, you get these extreme close-ups that disarm you you have Hannibal staring right into the lens right Mm -hmm. at you almost like he knows you're there Mm -hmm. um and then just extreme close-ups of people's face in terror uh oh it's great yeah Jonathan Demme's work who who passed away last year sadly oh I didn't realize yeah really interesting director who I feel like there's a lot of directors like your Tarantino's or your James Cameron's that kind of make the same movie over and over again or take the same shell and then put different story and characters into it, but it feels the same. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Demme's movies, he did Silence of the Lambs. Two years later, also won Best Director, I believe, for Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. He made Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads documentary, and a bunch of other concert movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did, his most recent movie that I remember really enjoying was Rachel Getting Married with Anne Hathaway, which mm-hmm. is like this family melodrama. Um, mm-hmm. So that's just do Do you think that means me. that he doesn't have um, like signature things about him? Because the directors mm-hmm. you named before they are very signature, like they have their own style. That's why all their movies may kind of blend together, but. Maybe he doesn't have like, have a signature. I'd have to go back and watch some of his other movies. I'd be curious to see if there's similar stuff being done, but just within different genres. Or... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, it's just interesting. Yeah. Danny Boyle's another director like that to me, though he, I think he has a little more stylistic flourish, but he did like... Uh, 28 Days Later, he's got the horror oh. thriller. He did Slumdog Millionaire, which is like a... I guess that's also a thriller. 
So that's not a good point. <laughs> uh, but train spotting is totally different feel to that. Yeah. And um, I can see how those movies link up, though. I, I don't think I can say it right now, but when I picture them, when I picture the, those three movies, mm-hmm. there's something about the way that they're shot. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Especially train spotting and 28 days later yeah i guess in a way the infected uh people with the rage virus in uh 28 days later kind of (laughs) similar to the drugged out yeah escapades in train spotting yeah are you ready to talk about buffalo bill yes yeah all right so buffalo bill there's a lot to unpack here the serial killer. Should we call? Should we call the character Buffalo Bill? Here's my thing. Did <sighs> Buffalo Bill is an interesting sounding name, but I still don't fully understand why they call him Buffalo Bill. Because he likes he likes he to skins. T- his humps or takes yeah because the skin he skins his victims yeah. Like a buffalo, like keeping their their hide. Yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, James Gomez. Their their name. I. Okay, the the part that troubled me a lot watching this movie, mm-hmm. which I hadn't troubled me in this way before, but I guess that just speaks to more to me where I am in my. I don't know, understanding of gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gender stuff with, with James is so weird. They, uh, the FBI and Dr. Lecter claim that he's not trans. Mm-hmm. I want to say they or she, honestly. Mm-hmm. She, can I, can I use she pronouns for James? I'll say um, they. Uh, they uh, went to several hospitals seeking uh, gender confirmation surgery, mm-hmm. but were denied. But w- denied. But mm-hmm. also, this is ninety-one. <laughs> yeah. There's a line that's really weird where Jodie Foster says they're not trans. Trans people aren't violent. Yeah. Um. So they're usually docile. But I like that they're trying to not say this is what trans folks are like mm-hmm. by saying this isn't how they are trans. But he, they, James, seems to identify as female. And yeah, clearly wants to be in a female body. Yeah, very very much so. Wants so to much so transform go, uh, to a woman that ex- he... These extreme measures will yeah, be taken, yeah. Yeah, he will dress up in a woman's uh, skin. I just, I found the gender politics really, I don't know if slippery is a good word for it. Mm-hmm. Interesting in a way where it's not clear, like, just right off the bat, oh, this was the early 90s, this is so obviously transphobic. I think mm-hmm. there's a little more to it. I think that they dealt with it in a real way, in a real way of them not understanding right 
you know, trans in general. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, not knowing how to talk about Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Buffalo Bill. Not knowing how to talk about... Well, in a way, they use... I mean, there's the whole dance sequence with the talk is supposed to... It's kind of used to uh, freak audiences out, to be like, oh, watch out yeah, for this psycho. Yeah, another iconic scene. I mean, yes, certainly a psycho, but yeah. is, I don't think that's what makes them a psycho. Being trans is not what makes Buffalo Bill a psycho. No, having a pit in your basement kidnapping and, and, and young killing women, women, making them put the lotion in the basket. Yeah, put, the, lo- yeah, put uh, the lotion in the basket. Rub the lotion it, on. It it needs to put the lotion. lotion. Yeah. That's something like, I like. not naming her. Not the whole okay. There's a humanizing the senators on TV, and mm-hmm. the senator keeps saying her daughter's name, and mm-hmm. the uh, Jodie Foster and her friend. Uh, they mention, oh, she keeps bringing up the name. It's to humanize the daughter. Yeah. And you see that Buffalo Bill saying it yeah. in reference to uh, a victim. Mm-hmm. And it's almost... The film is daring us to... The film's daring us to view women as people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then it's also asking us to view... Uh, trans folks as degenerate uh, killers monsters monsters yeah yeah. but I can get more into what the content that's in the movie and not what's missing from it yeah did you like Buffalo Bill as a villain as the big bad of the movie is he the big bad I guess Hannibal Lecter is the big bad but Buffalo Mm. Bill's the villain yeah I did like Buffalo. I liked... Because it's almost like... Like... uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like that serial killer from Wisconsin. That it's all like based on of this guy that lured women to his place and then killed them. And then, Mm -hmm. you know... He didn't wear their skin. He used their skin as furniture. Mm -hmm. Buffalo Bill wanted to wear their skin to transform because no one would give him the operation. So he found his solution to that. I just had a thing go off in my head. Yeah. You're talking about wearing skin. And I remembered the scene after his escape from the prison cell, Lecter dresses up as the cop and he has the one cop's, I think it's, is it Boyle? <laughs> we noted that one of the cop's name is Boyle. Boyle, probably. That, that's such a cop name. Yes. Nine uh, nine. Yeah, he, uh, he oh, <laughs> this is great. Yeah, what? he puts the skin on his face right, to so look like him. Well, Buffalo Bill's not the only person trying people's skin on. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the movie's really trying to say a lot, or show a lot about identity and transformation. Are, how, how, what you appear as, how people view you changes. Yeah, I mean, here you have... I mean, people view uh, Clarice a certain way, but she that is antithetical to how she actually is as mm-hmm. a person and as a the FBI agent. Yeah, I think a big theme in this movie is transformation. Yeah. I, I think it's very clear with the the moths and the yeah. butterflies and the cocoons. Like I like that it's a moth and not a butterfly. A butterfly would be too on the nose, like, mm-hmm. oh, we get it. <laughs> I like that it's a moth. Also, moths, way creepier. Also, it's, um, it's a 
Pacific moth. It's yeah, like it has like the moth yeah, it has like a skull yeah on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just trying to get into a cocoon, and he's mm. trying to. Tra- that's what Buffalo Bill is yeah. trying to do. It's not gonna work for him. Nope. No, that's not how it works. Okay. Not yeah. I mean, Clarice is gonna. Bam. Yeah, she also has a big transformation. You know what I mean? Yeah, she comes into her own. Yeah. As an agent. And becomes uh, an agent. She becomes yeah. yeah she she graduates by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she kind of okay. Do you think the top agent at the FBI, if someone who didn't just graduate from the academy, someone with many years under their belt, knows how to deal with these people, gets a phone call from Dr. Lecter at the end of the movie saying something, something, I'm about to have an old friend for, for dinner. dinner. <laughs> I love the cannibalism jokes. Yeah. Um, something, something, don't trace the line, I'm not going to be on here long. Do you think Clarice, or the other FBI agent, would handle it that way? We're just saying, where are you? Dr. Lecter, Dr. Lecter. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I found that strange. I found Great it, ending. I, I, found, I it. found it strange. Uh, but. I mean, because she wasn't the first one to pick up the phone. Someone someone else said, you have a call. Oh, yeah. So and, they, then, and then Jack Crawford, like, he takes that moment when she's someone comes over to Foster says, you have a call. Then Jack Crawford comes and says, before that, I'm going to talk to you now. I'm about to leave this. But it's like now go take your. Call. Do they not know what Hannibal sounds like? I guess. Or not. did he change his voice? I doubt he changed. I mean, we his know voice. we know he can do a, a pretty convincing Southern accent, no. unlike me. I don't know what that was. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Please don't let that be the reason why you um, stopped listening oh to our podcast. <laughs> we just lost like five listeners. Jk. But I love him blending into the crowd at the end mm-hmm. as the credits roll. Mm-hmm. We talked about this with uh, "Call Me by Your Name." I love the credits rolling over an image. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't love the credits just over black. I don't think uh, filmmakers should be wasting that time. I th- well, I think it, you should use every frame to add to the story. It all depends. I like when like comedies or like kids movies will have like a little end credits. Uh, you like a, a dance a, or a, they'll have a, like a blooper reel at the end. You like a blooper, blooper reels are fun. I like. Uh, in like 3D animated movies where the end credits are like 2D animated. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the blooper reels for this movie look like. <laughs> Do you think it's just like eight takes of uh, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins doing the fava beans? I can't do it. Someone from the census came and decided to bother me. I cooked him up with fava beans. I can't do it either. I guess it's because I'm not uh, yeah. cannibal. Yeah. Isn't it so convenient that you're named Hannibal and you are a cannibal? Yeah. I mean, I've, I am Nate and I am great, so... There you go. But it's a little on the nose. I wish I had one for my name, but I don't. Are you Are you ready to hear about the people that could have been the people in the movie that yeah. we saw? Yeah. Yeah. Sean Connery as... Dr. Lecter. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think he would have won the Oscar for it. And I'm not sure if the movie would have been as successful. Jeremy Irons as well. Um, 
Ed Harris was wanted for Jack Crawford, but turned it down because he wanted to play Hannibal. Interesting. Ed Harris always wants to be the villain. And he plays a really good villain. He's a good villain. He's a really good villain. You know what would be a good movie is like Ed Harris and Michael Shannon and they're both villainous people, mm-hmm. but they're like maybe villains against each other, but they're both terrible because mm-hmm. they both play good villains. Yeah, I can see that. That's a good That's a good idea. Yeah, I don't know if that movie would have a hero or... It'd or, just be just messed up stuff happening in, throughout the whole thing. Yeah, um, the first choice for Clarice was Michelle Pfeiffer, but she turned it down. She would have... She thought it was too violent. That would have been great. Yeah, I think that would have been great. I mean, Jodie Foster killed the role, so, like... Mm -hmm. But I think Michelle Pfeiffer also would have been great in that role. We were talking before about the whole feminism thing. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole feminism thing. We were talking about how uh, Clarice is... uh, treated or shown in the movie mm-hmm. that, uh, her femininity how it's reacted to and I, I was just thinking we well, have to mention uh, her interactions with Chilton the head of the uh, psychiatric center oh um, he I just love hits that on her where he, well okay first right he away. hits on her mm-hmm. then he's like fighting with her about like access to Lecter because he's super protective and he's 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 a pretty despicable guy mm-hmm maybe more so than well I don't know because he's in a position of power he comes off especially despicable the way he conducts his business and the way he treats Clarice mm-hmm. and then I love the end they get to the end of the hallway and Clarice is like I've, I think I'm just going to go in alone and he's like you could have told me that before I walked all the way down <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I so think terrible and I let you're kind of rooting for Hannibal Lecter at the end when he says, I'm about to have an old friend for dinner, and then yeah. he follows Chilton and blends into the crowd. Mm. I'm kind of rooting for him at that point. And I think the movie makes you do that because you don't like Chilton. Yeah. I think the biggest comment comment on feminism from this movie is that this case would not have been solved by a man. Mm. I think... How do you think? It had to be a woman. I don't know. There's something about the the interest that Hannibal took into her. And... I I mean, the ending is all the men going... To the wrong place, yeah. just blowing in, finding yeah. nothing, and then her taking her time and finding it out. And Hann- you know I mean? Hannibal really takes a liking to Clarice's line in the phone call at the end where he says, like, don't worry, you're safe, the world would be less interesting without you. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Yeah. They have a nice little relationship. Mm-hmm. I like that he, Hannibal kind of respects her, and not that many other people do. I mean, yeah. Jack Crawford takes advantage of her, kind of uses her, but mm-hmm. it worked, so... Yeah, maybe he's good, and he, their relationship. Is good I wonder Crawford if there's a book place. where they run into each other again. Oh yeah, in um, I think the movie's Hannibal, but they it's uh Julianne Moore instead of Jodie Foster. Right, right. Yeah. I remember. Um, and not Jonathan Demi. Uh.
But yeah, okay, you were saying that uh, who Jodie Foster is, the fact that she's female, yeah, helped her solve the case. Yeah. And now I'm starting to see that. I mean, she gets into Buffalo Bill's house or Loretta's. I forget the name of whose house it actually was. Mm-hmm. As Buffalo Bill said it, oh that fat lady, yeah, <laughs> <Or something. laughs> that was I that mean, was I'm great. Terrible at impressions. That but, was a great um, Buffalo Bill impression. But then, like he get he gets her into the house because um, I don't think he would have invited. You're right. I don't think he would have invited a male agent into yeah. the house mm-hmm. and uh, kind of given away as much information as she was able to do. But also, yeah. it, it helps that she's just. She has this excellent intellect and created this behavioral science uh, psychology that she can put all these clues together and figure it out. It's a smart, it's a smart crime. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Well, I guess it's that time, right? Is it? Is it? What else you got? So, hey, Nate, is this is this picture a movie or a film? This is easily the hardest one for me to decide so far I did not know Mm -hmm. going into this podcast Uh, and I guess it I'm gonna ask you first if that's okay we haven't talked much about what makes a movie and what makes a film film, even though that's like the whole thing of our podcast it's stupid but you know we gotta hook you (laughs) in somehow (laughs) Uh, I will say that Silence of the Lambs is a movie. I was leaning towards movie. It's a it's a really good movie. I know we don't have to agree, but I wasn't with that way. with great performances. Now what? I think that's what really propelled this movie are the performances. I think the screenplay is so good, though. I think the writing is. I think everything. I think top to bottom, like all the mm-hmm. elements of it are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but movies can have very clever screenplays. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. Yeah. It's just like how pretentious I want to sound when I talk about it. Yeah. And I don't think that The Silence of the Lambs demands that much snobbery. Um, it's easy to discuss it without that. <laughs> Yeah, movie. It's a movie. It's a movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> and uh, which leads us to hopefully great movies that in the future. Yeah. Future movies that we hope will be great. Yes. You know, I call this section future features. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know on Twitter at movie movie film film. It's actually incorrect. Our Twitter is at movie film pod. Back to the show. If you have ideas for better names for the sections of this podcast yes we are taking suggestions we are still workshopping the movie everything. i'm looking forward to it comes out in theaters on friday tomorrow the Ooh. day that this podcast will come out and i just heard about it today <laughs> <laughs> but i read about it this morning and then saw a trailer for it in imax today on the big screen mm-hmm. and it's a movie being released in IMAX it's a documentary called Apollo 11 it takes footage never before released 70 millimeter footage from uh, the moon landing and the events leading up to it and it looks so beautiful 
I know space and particular in particular that mission has been done to death, but from what I've read and what I've seen, it, I don't think it's been done like this. It's mm-hmm. a documentary. To my understanding, there's no talking heads. It just kind of throws you in. There's talking heads is when uh, in the documentary people are, or like a sitcom, like The Office, when people are sitting talking directly to the camera about what's happening to them. I believe this movie just throws you right into it, shows you the footage. Um, I saw First Man, and I liked it a lot. The trailer for this documentary reminded me of First Man. Uh, I was... But, of course, real. Mm-hmm. And the footage just looks stunning. And space is cool, and I'm looking space forward to cool. it. And IMAX is a nice treat. And I think a nice treat for your eyes would be to check out Apollo 11. How about you? Or did you have something to comment? No, I just I like a space movie in IMAX. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last, maybe not the last, the last great 3D movie experience I saw in IMAX was Gravity. Gravity. I didn't see that in theaters. Hmm. That's a real theater movie. Yeah. That's a movie. That's probably why I didn't love it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I doubt it had the same impact on the. On a regular screen. These millennials watching movies on their phones. All right, yes, future feature. I am yeah, looking forward got? to Ma. Mm. Ma, which is um, a psychological horror film starring Octavia Spencer. Yes, yeah. this is her. She's the villain. She I is playing a villain, yes. Though I can't imagine watching this movie and rooting for the white girls that she's about to kill. Right. Like, I think I'm she, sure I'm going to be rooting yes. for her the whole time. I, I feel like that is like the the senses on Twitter is like everyone is going to be rooting for Ma in this movie yeah. um, to yeah, kill the all the kids. great. Might show too much. We'll see. Yeah, I won't watch another trailer and I won't watch it again. Yeah. Um, it actually comes out this month. Oh. No, no, no. My, my bad. It comes out in May. Okay. Comes out in May. So I am very much looking forward to seeing Octavia Spencer in a role yeah. that never the instantly also, memeable trailer. Mm-hmm. For also, shout out to Octavia Spencer for being the first Black woman to win an Oscar for being yes, a producer. The silver lining to the Green Book. The win. silver line. The only good thing. I say it's reparations for Brad Pitt being on stage as a producer for Twelve Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. Plan B. Bad um, joke. <laughs> Bad word choice. Should have ended the podcast. Also, I also, that. I know we we talked about it last week, but Twilight since what? but since us is coming yeah, out, yeah. we should go see it and then talk about it on the podcast. We should yeah, just do but, an us episode on the podcast. But do we talk about it without spoiling it? Oh, we, we got to spoil it. Just right away, go just, see the movie just, and spoil it for everyone? Then? Yeah, don't listen to it if you ain't seen it. <laughs> and if you want to hear us talk about it, then listen. It's yeah. going to be great. Or Yeah, go watch it and then listen to us. Yeah, but first, go watch Resident Evil because that's the next picture we're doing. Yes! That's right. We're going to start announcing the movie ahead of time mm-hmm. if you want to watch along. Yes, Resident Evil. Uh, yeah. So you're going to have to wait and see what we have to say about that Yeah. for next week. Is it a movie or is it a film? Hmm. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. All right. Question mark. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, that wraps up this episode of movie, movie, film. Thank you for listening. <laughs>